the existence of God and revelation. The first part of this just starts off with different arguments for the existence of God. Um, And theists are trying to claim through philosophical arguments that it can be proven that God created the universe. They think that life was created for a purpose and that it didn't come about by accident or random chance. And they argue that nature is so intricate and complex that God must have designed it. They believe that Genesis 1 supports the design argument because it shows that God planned the development of the universe, where it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So William Paley's uh, version of the design argument is the most famous. He was an 18th century philosopher um, and he argued that if we ever found a watch, even if we didn't know its function, its intricate workings would show it put been put together deliberately for a purpose its pieces could not have come together by themselves someone must have designed it and made it a watchmaker and just like this watch there is evidence of design in the natural world he used examples of things that are just right for their purpose such as the eye is just perfect in order for us to be able to see the universe is far more complicated than a watch and therefore must have a much more powerful designer therefore God. There are then also a number of kind of other um, versions of the design argument. For instance, Isaac Newton had one where he said that tying your shoelaces or signing your name without using your thumb is nigh on impossible. The thumb gives the hand precise and delicate movement. He also talks about how every thumbprint is different and unique to the individual and therefore he thinks that the design of the thumb is sufficient evidence for God's existence. The kind of strengths of the design argument would be that um, people think it is logical, that there is evidence of design, that the uh, Paley's analogy makes sense. However, there are also a lot of problems. If you think about the process of natural selection, the idea that the fittest survive whilst everyone else dies out, um, you know all of these things all of these complexities in the world are therefore just the result of evolution not a designer god another problem is if god designed the universe and god is so great then why is there so much suffering there's beauty but there's also cruelty within nature so why would god have created this and then lastly the order in the universe is necessary in order for us to be alive so does it merely give the appearance of design Have we, as human beings, imposed the order or structure in nature to explain it? Next is the first cause argument, or the cosmological argument. We, as human beings, always want to find out what caused something else, because everything in the world as we know it is caused by something. The cosmological argument is this. Everything that exists or begins to exist must have a cause. The universe exists and began to exist, so it must too have a cause. There must be something eternal that was not caused by anything. That first cause must be God, therefore God exists. And it relies on the belief that the universe has a beginning and therefore is caused by something else. A theist would say the universe definitely does have a beginning and that God was the start of the chain of events which led to the present. However, most scientists accept the universe began as the the result of the Big Bang, which is obviously a criticism of this. 
Cosmological argument, or the first cause argument, is usually attributed to Thomas Aquinas, who was a 13th century philosopher, and he argues that everything we observed is caused by something else, that there is an infinite chain of effects which are preceded, or like, which means to come before it, by causes, and there must be a first cause. So strengths of this argument are that it is logical um, and that it fits with our knowledge that everything in this universe has a cause, but there are also lots of problems with it. Atheists would say that the argument completely contradicts itself. If everything has a cause, then how does it make sense to say that God doesn't have a cause? What cause God? It, can't we just say that God is eternal and therefore has always existed? Just because events or things have causes does not mean that the universe itself has a cause. Like, why does it have to? Could it have not just been there forever? The Big Bang could have been the first cause. Next, we need to look at the argument from miracles. Now, there are different types of miracles. People define words in different ways. Some people use the word miracle to describe wonderful things that happen, like the birth of a baby. Um, but for some people it might must be something far kind of bigger so there are two types of miracles events that break natural laws and cannot explain by science for example Jesus turning water into wine or a definition of miracle could be a happy coincidence in which no natural laws are broken but a coincidence happens at just the right time to lead to a good outcome for example, a train stops just in time to avoid hitting a toddler who's wandered onto the tracks. Theists argue that if there is no scientific explanation for an event, then it must be supernatural. In other words, caused by something outside of nature. Since only God is outside of nature, then it must be the result of God's intervention in the world. Therefore, God exists. So make sure you know some different examples of miracles. For example, you could talk... Um, about ones that happened in the Bible, or you could know a couple of examples of more modern miracles. However, there are lots of problems from atheists' objections. They would say that miracles are no more than lucky coincidences. Maybe they have scientific explanations that we haven't yet discovered. Some people would say that miracles are fakes. They might also say that actually, and this a theist could also argue too, that miracles don't make sense because why would God pick and choose um, who is helped? That seems unfair. Do you remember I also talked about something called your religious blick, that if you are a Christian or an is uh, a Muslim or whatever, that you might perceive something to be a miracle because you're kind of seeing it through um, a religious lens. Now, there are also um, other arguments against the existence of God that is important for you to know for this topic. I'm not going to go into these in too much detail because they come into other topics, but how science could be used to challenge God um, and that kind of conflict between religion and science and that science explains everything so we don't need God. And then also the problem of evil um, as an argument to get against the existence of God. So now we move into this kind of second half of the topic, which is the kind of more revelation one. So first off, we're going to talk about special revelation. Um, this whole topic is about the divine. So when we are using the word divine, essentially it means God. But 
you know, in some religion, it could be about gods or like an ultimate reality. Um, so some theists say that God cannot be known because God is beyond human understanding and we cannot describe him using the limits of human language. But it's possible to know something of God's nature and purposes through revelations. So the first type, special revelation, is when people experience God directly in a particular event. It might be a dream, a vision, a prophecy, a miracle, or hearing God's call. These usually have a huge impact um, and can really change people's lives. Special revelations are rare, and many Christians believe in God all their lives without ever experiencing any type of these. So let's talk about an example. could be a vision. Uh, people might see holy people or angels or hear messages from God. And that's going to hold deep meaning for the person re- receiving it and enables them to become aware of reality in a new way. There are loads of examples of visions in the Bible. You could talk about Saul who received a vision on the road to Damascus and then it changed his life and it became Paul. The Apostle Peter also had a vision that influenced his ideas about unclean food. He saw a vision um, of a load of animals. Also interesting is to talk about enlightenment here. Buddhists do not believe in God or gods. They seek understanding of what is true and what is not, which is ultimate reality. They are seeking how to end suffering and achieve happiness by escaping a cycle of birth, death and rebirth. No need to talk about general revelation. Not everyone receives this kind of direct personal message from God, a special revelation. Many people come to know God through general revelation, that is, ordinary, everyday human experiences. General revelation comes to people through seeing God's presence in nature or through a person's reason, their conscience or sense of right or wrong. People may also say they experience God when they worship or when they read scriptures. So your two main examples you're going to use are nature and scripture. So in nature, we've already considered the arguments for God's existence based on the design of the universe. The beauty and order of the natural world and the complexity of the human body lead many people to believe in God. Christians believe God is revealed to them as present within the creation. Just as a painting gives an insight into the artist, so nature gives believers an insight into God. By looking at the world around them, believers think God is shown as creative and clever and powerful and awesome. This leads to feelings of awe and wonder at the power of God. In contrast, a traditional humanist argument would be that the works of nature are not a divine revelation, but they are special because they can lead to a greater understanding of the world. Scripture is another way of understanding the divine. Religious scriptures tell us what God is like, how he's acted. And it contains so much about his nature and reveals so much. Um, While all Christians believe that the scriptures are inspired by God, they interpret the Bible in different ways. Some Christians believe in a literal interpretation. Others who take a more liberal approach see the Bible as inspired by God. Some people would, would argue that scriptures cannot reveal anything because they are merely their author's opinions and they could be wrong about God. Now we need to talk about um, different ideas about the divine, so kind of characteristics. Um, Now this is kind of a bit obvious, so I'm just kind of going to go through some key um, beliefs about what God is like. So God is seen as omnipotent or powerful. 
God is seen as omniscient, aware of everything that happens, past, present and future, omnibenevolent, because he provides everything and he is all loving. They think maybe that he is imminent, that he is present in the universe and involved with life. Potentially that he is transcendent, beyond and outside life on earth in the universe. He is not limited by time or space. People who think God is personal think of God as having human characteristics like merciful or compassionate. Impersonal God is the opposite. God does not have human characteristics, is more like a force or an idea. And then the last little bit for this topic then is to talk about the value of revelation and enlightenment. Revelation is of great value to believers as it is one of the ways in which they come to know God or in the case of Buddhists attain enlightenment. Revelations of the divine can come in many different ways. People can learn about God through general revelation in scripture or through nature and they can be enlightened through prayer and meditation. Revelation may provide theists with proof of God's existence. They may help start a religion. They may enable believers to have their own relationship with the divine. They may help people to know what they must do to live as God wishes. Christians believe that God can be revealed through the lives of other people, particularly those who have a deep faith. Revelations can have a huge impact on those who receive them, often changing not only their religion but their entire way of life. Revelations may be difficult to prove because they are subjective, they are open to different interpretations and not open to scientific testing. So when an atheist and a theist look at a beautiful landscape, one just sees nature and the other sees God's creation. But how do you know if a revelation is real? A religious believer might ask, does the revelation match the real world? As in, if someone says that's a revelation tells them that people can fly is less likely to be real than if someone says that water in a particular place can cure people because in the past it's been said to have happened. Does it fit with earlier revelations that are already accepted by the religion? Because if it contradicts the beliefs of the religion, some would say it's not real. Does it change an atheist or an agnostic into a believer in God or convert someone from one religion to another?